Welcome to Thinking Like a Lawyer, with your hosts, Ellie Mistal and Joe Patrice, talking about legal news and pop culture, all while thinking like a lawyer, here on Legal Talk Network. Hello, welcome to another edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer. Money! Yeah, I'm Joe Patrice. We're making money! And that's Ellie Mistal. I'm so fucking broke. Yes. Uh, we are having a conversation today in this very special podcast. I wish we had I, a sound effect I do not have. is like a the more you know kind of a <laughs> da da da. But, so this is a very special thinking like a lawyer because we're going to talk about breaking news. Millbank! Yes. So for those of you who don't know, there were raises in the big law market. We're going to talk about what happened, why you should care, uh, and what's going to happen next. But first, we thought we should uh, hear Ellie complain about some stuff because that's what we do on this show. It's pretty easy to complain today because as much as I am happy for our readers and our our kind of soon-to-be readers who are all about to get raises, I think, and we'll talk about more about that later, um, man, it puts into stark relief how much money I left on the table when I left Big Law. Yeah. Good Lord. So just just to do a little personal accounting, you figure when I started in 2003, okay. starting salaries were $145,000 a year. Okay. Um, that was up from about, I think it was like 120 in 2001. 125. 125 in 2001. By 2003, it was 145. I quit in 2006. In 2007, Simpson Thatcher raised them to 160. Um, and then the bottom fell out. Mm-hmm. And so it was 160 forever um, until two years ago, Cravath raised them to 180. Right. Um, and now uh, today, yesterday, uh, well, depending on when you read this last week, uh, watch this, listen to this last week, uh, Millbank raised them to 190. And we don't know if that's where it's going to stop in this particular round. Yeah. I did an accounting, not including these raises, but I did an accounting after Cravath's raises just adding up all the money that I would have made had I stayed in, in, in big law, not even assuming that I made partner, just assuming that I had stayed, not been fired, which was a thing, yeah. which was not a sure thing. And well, I mean, once, if you did not make partner, that probably was a result was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But it kind of like settled into of counsel service partner wor- world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was well over two and a half million dollars. Mm-hmm. I mean, reduced from what I actually made over those times, just well over two and a half million dollars yeah. just left on the table because I didn't like representing corporate clients and I instead wanted to write mean things about white people. Like, that's a lot. Like, I've I've put in some dues, some some I have some skin in the game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. My wife knows what I'm saying. Yeah, no, because she's the one who actually funds your life. Yeah. So. I, I Somebody's got does. to. Yeah, no, I I hear you. So yeah, man. So that's a complaint. Let's take a break. No, um, no. <laughs> you, well, no. What I was thinking was, oh, you just meant from like our jobs entirely, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, it was no. a double on Tom, but sure. <laughs> yeah, no. I, well, since we're talking about raises today, you know, that's got me thinking. Um, how to get a better job? It does. <laughs> that's exactly what has me thinking. So. Getting in at a new firm where you're going to get access to some of that better pay or 
if you just want to move to a different firm because it better fits your career goals. Either way. But if you want to do that, you shouldn't do it alone. And that's where Major Lindsay in Africa comes in. MLA has over 35 years of experience in the field of legal recruiting and the know-how to match lawyers with the firm or legal department that best suits them. The market's constantly changing, which is the whole point of today's episode, everybody. So much change. Yeah. And Major Lindsay is suited to help lawyers navigate that evolving landscape. So check them out now at MLAglobal.com. Honestly, I, I promise you, if your firm is not going to match these raises, you're going to want to give Major Lindsay a call. Yeah. And, and it, go find your money. Exactly. So with that said, Joe, why don't you why don't you take us through because you did the, the initial post. So um, what just explain to our listeners who maybe haven't read above the law for reasons passing understanding. Um, explain what happened. Yes. An email comes in from an anonymous tipster who says Millbank just raised salaries and attached an email that seemingly looked like it was the firm chair informing everyone that they had raised their salaries between ten dollars to $15,000 per class in an amount that roughly translated to a cost-of-living adjustment since the last raises in 2016. Slightly more, maybe like a 1.5% raise or something yeah, like I that. I think somebody ran the numbers. So if well, it 1.6, I think. Yeah, 180 in t- from 2016 and 2018 dollars is 186 point whatever, and they raised it to, to 190. When I when we saw the first one, I thought it was a hoax because Millbank, really? The first mover is going to be Millbank? Yeah. I mean, obviously, we've lived in a world where Cravath is usually the first mover when it comes to salary issues. Simpson is willing to buck that. You pointed out they made the change the time before. Uh, they also have led occasionally on bonuses, though that's also usually led by Cravath. Millbank, which... Skadden has led on bonuses in the past. Millbank, which was a monster, huge firm back in the day, but has you know settled into being just an elite firm that isn't part of that super top tier over the last several years, made this move. And it's a move that, honestly, I, I do believe this isn't really... I don't like to think of this as a raise, and we'll get into this a little bit more later. I really do think of this as more of a cost-of-living adjustment. It's more that they looked at the world and said, it's ridiculous that we would say this is what people were worth in 2016 and in 2018 go, that number is still what it is, even if it's not worth the same. So I get that. One of the things that I think people need to remember is that, you know, the law firms are not raising salaries in a vacuum. And I'm not talking about the mm-hmm. the low-grade law firm collusion that, quite frankly, a site like Above the Law helps along yeah. by publicizing all the salary numbers. It allows the firms to kind of collude without needing to actually collude. But my point is more that law firms do not raise salaries in a vacuum of just other law firms. They're looking at where the talent is going throughout the legal industry. You know, So a big law firm is going to raise salaries when they're losing talent, um, when they fear like they're losing talent to in-house sources, to smaller boutiques internationally. These are the kinds of factors that they're thinking about. They're never in a position to give money away for free, right? It's never out of the generosity of their own hearts. Um, they're looking at market forces and they're saying, we need to make this adjustment, whether you want to call it a raise or an adjustment, um, to compete and compete for the best talent. Yeah. I mean, I think that's true. I think if I were to guess what went on here, I think that Millbank, as I said, years ago, this was one of the super elite, and now it's just a very good firm. You know, it's still an elite firm, but it's just a, a 
not quite at the tier of the crevasse and Simpsons in our minds. Meanwhile, when you look at rankings of various law firms, and I don't know as though necessarily the above the law rankings of law firms, but other rankings tend to undersell the value, I think, of Milbank comparative to other firms in their tier. I think there are other firms that rank higher than them that I look at and go, they are not better than Milbank. And given that, I think that what happened here was a realization that maybe they should do something to make it clear that they're real players. And in this instance, the easiest and frankly, probably correct thing to do was to make a cost of living adjustment. And they did. And a slight raise on top of that. And there we go. What a nice, happy view. You will not be surprised that I have a more cynical take on what we're seeing right now. Um, As of this recording, Milbank moved first. We've had Proskauer and Winston um, so far, Winston Mm -hmm. and Strawn, so far match that 190. We can expect, I think. And Houston Harrigan. um, And Houston Harrigan uh, match 190. The usual big movers that we've been talking about, Cravath, Sullivan, Cromwell, Davis Polk, those people have not matched yet. Correct. The question then becomes, doesn't become, are they going to match or or not, or just stay at 180? They're not. If Milbank's paying 190, Cravath is not going to pay 180. That's just not how the world works. Mm-hmm. The question is whether they are firms like that are going to match 190 or come over the top and go to 200,000 yeah. um, for a starting salary. Now, my take on what's going on is because of the competition from other parts of the legal industry. They all got to know that salaries need to go up. The question is how high they, they need to go up. And I wonder if what we're seeing, especially with the quick matchers, the Proskauers and the Winston and Strawns, if the attempt here is to try to set the market at 190 as opposed to 200000 which had Milbank just waited for Kravath, if Milbank was just going to wait around for Kravath, maybe by the time Kravath comes in, Kravath would have just set the market at 200000 yeah. and forced everybody to follow them. Yeah, and I don't think a raise was going to happen in the near future, actually. I'm one of those people who thought that they were going to sit this out for another couple of years. So you think this caught CSM kind of completely by surprise? Yeah. I think that everybody thought, remember, we had a 10-year gap of nothing happening, right? So this was an instance where everybody thought this was the new status quo for 10 years, you know, or until the recession that's inevitably going to hit in a year or so uh, wipes everybody out. I think everybody wanted to just roll through that and move on. And that's why I really do I do believe that the Milbank argument when they keep saying publicly this was just a cost of living adjustment, I, I take them at their word on that. I think they're trying to say, well, look, we're not really eager to move the market here. We just thought, you know, let's do a little bit right by this because for reasons that you've said, there's a lot of reason of lateral movement at this point. Like the way the market, you've kind of alluded to the way the market is, but the issue with the way the market is goes back to the 2016 races, which we were at the forefront at the time of saying we're great. And then they got out of hand. You wrote a great post about how they were getting out of hand. At a certain point, what used to be New York and DC maybe would have a premium salary and then everybody else would get a little bit less. That 2016 raise everybody. Bumble outside a Dallas firm was getting the same as a Cravath associate. And the way that it blew up like that resulted in a world where, back a little bit to our sponsors, groups like Major Lindsay in Africa were right there to say, hey, 
If you you're make- originally from Texas, you now work crazy hours as a fifth-year associate in an elite global firm. You want a family? Would you like to make the exact same amount of money and a higher risk of becoming a partner to move back to Dallas and work, you know, 75 to 80% as much? Right. The, look, and that's a thing. At the point where Dallas and Minneapolis and, you know, Indianapolis are paying the exact same amount of money as you're making in New York or D.C., but without the actual cost of living, without, you know, if you're working in Texas, without state taxes, the argument for why anybody should be doing taking this money in New York, especially given New York hours. I mean, it's not yeah. just um, the cost of living here. It's also the hours that they, I would say, bore into your soul and suck out of you. It's hard to make the argument for why anybody is intelligent um, to take this kind of money in New York when it's being offered other places. The mill bank raises, like the 2016 raises, again, apply equally to all offices. Mm-hmm. My question for you then is anybody going to change Except that? the German office. Um, just out of, yeah, go on. <laughs> my question then is anybody going to change that? Is Cravath going to either come over the top hard enough to put pressure on to make firms not want to follow them or only follow them in certain markets? Like, are we ever going to see what used to happen, which was meaningful salary disparity within the top 200 firms? Okay, two levels to that. One, it does speak to a thing that I want to get into, but I will get into in a minute, which is that the more important question is who doesn't follow. We'll talk about that in a second. But as far as Cravath going over the top and trying to make this an actual raise rather than just a cost of living adjustment, I do certainly think that's possible. I think it, given the amount of time that has transpired since this first announcement and how long it's taking them to move, seems as though that's increasingly likely. If that were to be what happens, yes, I think there would be an effort to draw some distinctions. I think that's what they wanted to do when they made the move in 2016, and it backfired tremendously as everybody followed. I think that that might have come to an end. I think that the last two years have played out in such a way for the what we'd like to call the AMLAW 51 and below, uh, the law firms that are big law but not big law. Anyway, those folks have just not been – holding up there and demand is on the decline. Their revenues are barely holding on. I think that the gap between the haves and the have-nots in the AMLA world is growing. And I think that a lot of the pressure that's being put on those lower firms is that they've jacked up their expenses because they joined the raise. And I don't think they can justify having done that. And I think that if somebody were to go over the top this time, you would really see separation. But that leads back to what my transitioning, which is, To the first point, I think the real question is not who raises, who goes over the top, something like that. I think those are sexy headlines that we're going to, you know, promote heavily on our website because they're they're cool. People want to see them. But the real question, I made this point in a post yesterday, I think. Actually this morning, sorry. What I really want to focus on is who doesn't move, because that's gonna tell us a lot about where firms think they are. Because anybody if they go over the top, who knows? If they're if it's just a match, then it's just people trying to cola adjust. But that's the thing. If it's just an adjustment to cost of living, anybody who paid 2016's Cravath scale has no argument not to raise it because it's just a cost of living. And if they choose not to do that, that is the actual signal that they know they can no longer keep up with the big kids. That's a good point. And look, the other point here is that 
a recession is coming, folks. I mean, I, I, I am not good enough at markets to make money off of knowing that. Yeah. But I think we all know that, right? Like this, uh, this thing is not going to – the stock market is not going to go up indefinitely. We are getting ourselves, you know, into trade wars. It's unlikely for the good times to keep rolling. And I think that, as you say, a lot of us who watch the industry thought that the firms were going to keep salaries where they were through this next recession and shake it out after that. So there's a lot to suggest that, that it, especially again, and I kind of agree with you about the COLA adjustment, but if Cravath really does come over the top yeah. and really does make it a real raise, they can afford it. Not everybody can, and there's not a whole lot of good reason for everybody to follow. Yeah, That doesn't mean they won't. Yeah, the recession point, which I understand how a lot of people might be skeptical because everything's going up, but I mean, this is your... For those of you who took calculus, this is your calculus moment, right? It is going up at an increasingly slower and slower rate. Uh, <laughs> every new pitch up is just a little less than the one before. Same thing with employment. Employment numbers go up every month, but it's slower and slower than they went up the month before. Those trends are when you start reaching the very, very top of a roller coaster and it starts thinning out. And when you add to that, the way in which a lot of the tools that a economy uses to respond to insane things have largely disappeared. Yes. Like any kind of a stimulus close, tax break can't do that anymore. Yeah, uh, there's very little money hanging around that's not just massive deficit spending anymore. Inflation is pretty much to the bone already. So, like there's a reason that ten thousand dollars is the only thing that is cost of living over the course of two years at those numbers, right? Like it, it's gonna it's gonna be a little scary. I love how we've turned our salary raise podcast into an end is nigh podcast. It's well, I mean, yeah, the the end is so nigh. Look, we said this. Some of us were saying this in 2016, right? That those raises usually portend a turn in the economy to the negative. Why? There are a lot of good reasons, but here's a bad one because it's more fun. Uh, the bad <laughs> one is, and it's not entirely untrue, lawyers are A, risk-averse, and B, usually really terrible at business. And so the risk-averse part is when the good times are rolling, they tend not to join in. They tend to say, well, we could still pay you 160 even though the world has pretty much demanded you pay more. Meanwhile, they're also bad at business. When they finally come around to realizing, hey, things look good enough that we can make a move, that's usually when it's come to a conclusion. Um, and so that, that's where we find ourselves. Now, the 160, for instance, another person pointed out about just being a COLA adjustment and the 1.7 or 1.6% raise, that this is over the 2016 raise. Somebody pointed out that if you compare it to the numbers in 2007, the 160 in 2007 would be worth like 198 and some change now. So they're like uh, 200 is actually the, the accurate COLA adjustment for the 2007 numbers, which is interesting thinking. But yeah. I can't wait for Kravath to make that argument and make my summer. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, we are still in a kind of bunker mentality here at the office. We've slipped away for a minute or two in between craziness to record this podcast for you. But yeah, I mean, we're just sitting, hitting refresh constantly for people to tell us that their firm has raised to match either Millbank or go over the top. By the way, this is a good time to pitch that if you didn't know how to reach us, you should, because it is at 
tips at abovethelaw.com. Send us an email. Do it from your non-work email if you want to never be found. Whatever it is, just let us know because you're our eyes and ears out there on the ground. Don't assume that somebody else is doing it for you. Yes, absolutely. And the outpouring this time around has been great. We've been getting tons of tips from the firms that have moved, so much so that we can't individually thank everybody for them because they're coming in so fast and furious. But thank you, everybody, for doing that. And, and we're getting tons of tips from the firms who haven't moved who are wondering why when their fair. firm fair is coming along. And yeah, there's some speculation that other people aren't going to match this time. I think that's dumb. I think that it's a question of whether somebody goes over the top. If you thought the actual number was what it was in 2016, you have to match and if you think you were wrong in 2016, that tells us more about you. Yeah. And look, there's just no, especially at the top tier, like there's, like I said at the beginning, there's no universe in which Millbank is paying more to first year associate than Cravath or something. There's just, yeah. there's no universe in which true. that happens. So like they're coming. The question again, as Joe and I have been saying, is just a question if they're matching or if they're coming over the top. Yeah. So stay tuned. Yeah. No, I think that's true. So thanks, everybody, for listening to this fairly quick rundown of where we are with our raises. I just want to also thank, again, Major Lindsay Africa for sponsoring the podcast. They're leading legal recruiting firm, and so you uh, may want to talk to them if uh, your firm isn't getting the raise. So anyway, that's it for our show. Thanks for listening. Listen to the podcast. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Review the podcast. Those are the three steps in your life. Uh, and then the fourth one is threaten to beat up people who don't listen to podcasts. No, don't do that. No, just just yell at them constantly about it. Anyway, and and you know berate them whatever you need to do. Remember, if you're ever thinking of leaving big law to go into media, remember you're going to be poor forever, and every few years they will really remind you of it. Yeah. Also, read above the law. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Joseph Patrice. He's at Lenyc. Watch MSNBC. There's a one in two chance that Ellie's on at some point. Or Tyler. Uh, that She was on CNN. Our, uh, our former guest, Tyler, was on a CNN show earlier today. So also that. And uh, I think that threw me off. But I think that's it. Uh, that's it. Yep. Cool. Talk to everybody later. Bye. Bye. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. You can also find us at AboveTheLaw.com, ATLRedline.com, iTunes, RSS, Twitter, and Facebook. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.